Um, I don't know if anybody's seen what I put on the online Friday or not about this weekend service, but um, I've been very uh, confident in what the Lord is wanting to do tonight in our lives. But you know, God said that if we would be willing and obedient, we'd eat the good of the land. You know, uh, so God's always willing, but we got to be willing. And so tonight we can hear these words that I'm not for sure how this is going to come together. He just gave me some verses of scripture and give me a title and said, just let it go. And so that's what we're going to do. The, the title of tonight's message is Christ Cure for the Crushed. Every one of us, we have crushed areas in our heart. Uh, and uh, Jesus is the only solution. He's the only answer that can take care of those areas. And see, what we want to do, if we're not careful, we want to cover those areas over with a Band-Aid and just live our life uh, because uh, it, it takes effort to deal with certain things. And sometimes we'd rather just push them to the back and not deal with them. And uh, if we're not careful, you know, uh, days turns into weeks, weeks turns into months, months turns into years, and all of a sudden we realize, hey, I'm X number of years down the road, and I've still got a, a crushed area in my heart. And it's what it is. It's an open door for the devil to work. And so uh, if you'll get in here with me, I believe that we're going to be in the place where the Holy Spirit can do some amazing things. Amen? Well, that's pretty weak. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 18. Let's read verse 14 for a text, if you would. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. If you're there, say amen. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. Mark that down in your mind's eye. Highlight it on the very table of your heart. The spirit of a man will sustain his firmity, his sickness, his disease. But a wounded spirit, who can bear? The spirit of man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded, a crushed spirit, who can bear? Brother Larry, would you pray? Yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Larry. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for honoring the word. Uh, I'm so always so excited about being uh, with God's people. Amen. Because we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're going to just just a foretaste of what we're going to have forever. Amen. Um, let me read this to you in the New Living Translation. Um, it says. The human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? The human spirit can endure a sick body, but who can bear a crushed spirit? And, and that's what this is talking about here. This word wounded, it, it literally, it, it means to be smitten. It means to be crushed. It means to be broken in capital letters. And um, when you and I get heartbroken, uh, 
uh, about different things in our life. See, see you and I tonight, we, we don't want to let the devil convince us that we're just heartbroken because of something we done. Now, I can be heartbroken because of something I've done, but most of the time, it has nothing to do with what you've done. It's because we're living in a fallen world, and the devil is trying to steal, kill, and destroy God's peace, God's victory, God's joy out of your life. Amen? And so... Uh, the devil, he'll set up situations and scenarios. He'll use the people closest to us to hurt us. He'll use people that we love and respect, uh, in situations and circumstances just to, uh, cause he wants to paralyze you. Or he'll use, um, because of the fall of man and because you and I were living in a fallen world, bad things happen to good people. It has nothing to do with, uh, with you and I, uh, being in a place of sin. You, you can be walking just as holy as you can walk and the devil's looking, trying to get into your life and my life to bring some kind of, uh, destruction, something that will, will hurt and hinder you because it, where it says the spirit of man will sustain him, but a wounded spirit who can bear it. If you take this, uh, wounded spirit back to the prime, it means to smite you and to drive you away. So what the devil wants to do, he wants to get you and I in a place where our spirit, our heart is broken, where it'll drive us away from each other. But more importantly, where it'll drive us away from God the Father and all of his blessings and his promises that are available to us through Jesus. And if you'll stop and think about it tonight. When you and I give up on God, when we give up on the promises of the Lord, if we're not careful, we can see that the devil is succeeding. In that area, because we're, we've been broken in that area, we've gave up on that area, and we've let him drive us away from the promise and drive us into a place where we become hopeless. There is nothing worse. There, uh, you can be sick in body, and as bad as that is, it does not touch anything when you're sick in mind. When, when that depressive, oppressive spirit is working on you, working on me, it is so hard to function because it's like a blank when it gets so thick it's like a blanket and it comes on you and it brings darkness and you can't see the light you can't feel the truth you're like a blind person wandering in the darkness trying to get out of that situation well god wants to deal with that tonight he wants to he wants to heal those areas that we've been crushed in our heart we've been broken in our heart and he wants to bring a truth to us amen um let, let's just understand what we're talking about just a little bit. Bear with me. Let, let's look in, in uh, let's look in the book of Genesis and let's look at just a few examples of being broken. Look at Genesis chapter four. I think it's down about verse thirteen. Let's look at Cain. Cain got into a situation that, of his own making that got him in a place of, of being uh, heartbroken. But you and I, we can. We don't have to do it on our own. The devil's willing and, and loving to, to get us in that place. God is just, he's been talking to Cain and telling him, hey, because uh, you've done this, this is what's going to happen in your life. And and, and look at uh, what happens to his, his heart in verse 13 when he realizes, when he comes to the reality that what he has done has a consequence. It has... Uh, uh, an openness uh, of bringing something that is completely opposite to what he was looking for. He was looking for uh, to not. 
He didn't realize what the devil was setting him up to do with that in his heart. When he had all in his heart against Abel, against his brother, he didn't realize what this was doing and how powerful it was going to be. Look what it says, verse 13. And Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. See, you and I, when the devil sets us up and he causes us to be led by our mind, will, and emotions, our soul rather than our spirit, rather than the faith uh, in our spirit by the word of God, we get into situations that we wouldn't even dream of. And so can you imagine, see, this went on for a long period of time. He looked at Abel, and then when the, when when he saw uh, God's blessing on Abel, because Abel offered the best sacrifice, the only sacrifice uh, that was acceptable unto God, uh, instead of him uh, changing his attitude and action, he hated Abel. He hated his brother, and he killed him. And, and, it, and that's what we've got to be so cautious of, uh, that the devil will use things in our life to get us off track, to get us out of the spirit realm, out of the faith realm, and into the soul realm where the enemy can work. The soul loves uh, to, uh, if it's not careful, it loves to be lifted up by the lies of the enemy. Come on, your mind, willing emotions it loves to be in the place the devil knows. In other words, what I mean is the devil knows how to manipulate it. He knows how to get a host of it. Look at uh, uh, verse 14. He said, Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. So all of a sudden here, he, he's realized what he has done, and he's seen the judgment of God on his life, but he could have repented. See, God's a God that's looking for us to repent. He's looking, he's looking for us to always humble ourselves and draw nigh unto him. And, and so God's pronounced this judgment. But uh, at the same time, then, instead of receiving the word of God and coming to God in, in a place of repentance, all he's looking at is the judgment is that's the end. So you and I need to realize the Bible says that it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Amen. When God gives us a word and it, it looks like it's a word of judgment, uh, you and I can, we have the, in this dispensation of grace, we have the opportunity to change some things. And so that's what we want. We want to hear from the Lord and we want to allow Him to change some things. We won't read it, but think about, uh, it's talking about the, the, when our spirit, spirit is wounded, what happens? Think about Saul. You can look in, in, in 1 Samuel 28 down about verse 20. Uh, when, when he sees Samuel, when he con- has the witch of Endor conjure up, conjure up, uh, the, 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 the image of Samuel, all of a sudden, what does it say? He falls to the ground because he is totally weak. He is totally defeated in his spirit because he hears a word, a word of judgment. And, and so you and I, we can look in Matthew 27, 5, where it talks about Judas. Judas went and he sold Jesus into death. And what did he do? He ended up going out and he committed suicide. He hanged himself. Uh, because see, you and I, we can bear some things in our body, but when our spirit is in a place where it's broken, when, when, when the devil gets us to, to believe a lie and to act and react to that lie, that's when we get into trouble, all right? All right, that's another thing for another time. But um, let's go to the New Testament. Let's, we'll come back to Proverbs. Hold your place there. Let's go and let's see why Jesus came. Very familiar verses of Scripture, but we need to hear the word to build faith. In uh, Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 16, let's see why Jesus came and what he came to do in your life and my life. Luke 4.16, and he came to Nazareth 
and when he had been brought, as he, before he had been brought up, and as it was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up for to read. Verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel, the good news to the poor, to to those who are spiritually bankrupt. Now notice this. He has sent me to heal, to cure the brokenhearted. This word brokenhearted is from a Greek word that means to be completely crushed. So uh, when the devil tells you that that this area of your life is crushed, that it's over, it's broke into so many pieces that it can't be fixed, then you're in the right place at the right time for Christ to bring a cure. You're in the right place in the right time because Jesus said the sole reason why I have come in part is to what? Is to heal the brokenhearted. So if you've got an area in your life that has been crushed, if there's a relationship, if there's a situation, if there's a circumstance, whatever it might be, then you need to be willing to to receive what God has for you because Jesus come to minister to you in that area. He said to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. So notice how this is progressive. See, you and I, every one of us, we need to hear the gospel. We need to hear the good news because when we hear it, when we hear the good news, it changes everything. Amen. So, but notice how it's progressive. He, he said he wants to preach the gospel to the poor, to those who are spiritually bankrupt. He has sent us to heal or cure the brokenhearted. And when, when that broken heart is, is healed, cured, he said, then deliverance would come. Do you realize tonight that every area in your life, in my life, where we have a a crushed spirit, we have a broken heart, uh, it's an area that the devil still holds us captive. Because what you and I don't realize that the person... The person that is, that has broken our heart, the, the one that the devil has used, and, 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 uh, like we said earlier, he'll use different people in different times. All of a sudden, uh, there's a separation there. And all of a sudden, when we think about that person, we think about what they did instead of thinking about who they are. And the devil loves that. Because if I, as long as I think about what they did, then I'm going to go right back to my emotions that I was feeling when I heard the news or when that was done in my life or when that was happening. In other words, that that moment of time, that little space of time where I was overwhelmed with grief, where I was overwhelmed with with horror of what happened, of uh, of the attack, of of, of the working of the enemy. Uh, I'm going to be in captive to that. That's going to hold me. And and I may be go I may go days on end and everything's all right, but then all of a sudden there, there's a there's a, a a word there's a thought or I see a person or, or there's something that will trigger me and when that triggers me I'm right back in that moment of time and I need curing I, I need God to heal my broken heart where the devil won't have an open door in my life to keep me in that moment of time I'm not meant to live in the past I'm meant to live right now in the moment Amen and the moment is the carrier's time of. Jesus. That's the deliverance time. That's the presence time of him working in my life. But I've got to say, Lord, I know that you come to preach the good news to me. What I'm thinking is not good news. 
What I'm feeling is not good news. And so it's not of you, Lord. So I need your help. Amen. I, I want you to help me to hear. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear. Give me a wise and understanding heart. And when you call on the name of the Lord in the word of the Lord, you're going to get your answer. Amen. He said that he would heal the brokenhearted. He would preach deliverance to the captives. Notice this. And recovering the sight to the blind. See, as long as I've got a crushed spirit, as long as I'm wounded in my spirit, I can't see the things that God wants me to see. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Because see, if, if, if I'm seeing out of my hurt, if I'm seeing out of my pain, if I'm seeing out of the past, then, uh, what I'm setting up, uh, myself for, I'm dooming myself for my past to become my present. Because I'm looking and I'm believing, I'm allowing the devil to put me in a cycle of, a repetitive cycle of going through the same thing over. And over. That's why the book of Deuteronomy is so important for you and I. That's why the book of Exodus is so important because uh, it, it, we want to stop going around the mountain. We want to get through some things. We want to get over some things. Amen. We want to. Deuteronomy is a duplication of the law, but it's a duplication of what happened in the book of Exodus. And we want to be in the place where we can come out of the past and come into this good news that God has for us. He said that he would set at liberty them that are bruised. He, he wants you to have freedom. He wants you and I to have freedom in every area where, where there is a hurt or a heartache in your life. He wants to put the bomb of Gilead. He wants to put Jesus. And, and, and that way, when the devil comes and he knocks on that part of your heart that was hurt before, he meets the blood. He meets the Word of God. He meets the answer. And when he meets that, he has nothing he can do because it's the same as Jesus when he was going through the temptations saying, it is written. Because the Word is speaking for you. The blood is talking for you instead of you talking out of your hurt, out of your heartache, out of your past. Amen. This is this is so important that we apply it. But we can do it. It's available for us. So you've got to believe that Jesus come to do these steps in your life, these steps in my life where we can accept, we can receive his cure. Amen. It's available. All right. Let's go back to Proverbs and, and let's let's look at this time. Proverbs chapter 17. Look at verse 22. Proverbs 17, verse 22. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. The devil doesn't want you and I to be happy. Come on now. The scripture is so clear. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. It, it, it wants to, the, the, in other words, when you and I, when we get happy in the Lord, it not only works in our body, but it works in our soul. It works in our mind, will, and emotions. It works in from the spirit, from the inside out, and it changes everything. And so every area that, that, that I'm, I've got this broken area in my heart, I've got this crushed area in my spirit, every area that the devil's working, I don't have uh, a countenance on my face of hope, a countenance of confidence, and I have a, count, a countenance uh, of what the devil's trying to do in my life. And, and, when, and so that look is on my face, and the devil knows he's winning. If the devil can see it, read your face, then he piles on everything he's got. But as long as you and I are in that place where we, where we even we're walking by faith, we don't feel it. It don't seem like the word is working. It doesn't seem like anything's happening. But we put on the, the word of God. Let that come out of our spirit and let that change our countenance. It will change everything. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But what, look what he says. But a broken spirit 
drieth the bones. Okay, so this crushed spirit, this this broken spirit, remember it means to smite, to break, to drive away. He said it would dry your bones. In other words, it, it, it just literally sucks the life out of you and I. So we need to deal with it. We, we, we've got to, we've got to say, Lord, I, I, I realize that the longer I walk in this, the harder it's going to be to come out. And the longer I walk in this, the more life this is going to steal from me. And, and so I want to have that merriness. I, I, I want to, I want to have that inspiration by the gospel. I, I want to let you work step by step in my life to bring me to the place of being cured, healed, delivered. Amen. By the word of God. Now, uh, hold your place here in Proverbs and let's go to Psalms 119. I want you to see something here. In Psalms 119, uh, we get into where the, 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 the letter, see every one of these Psalms is, is broke up, you know, by the 22, there's 22 sections in this Psalm 19. Each one of them has a section with, with a, uh, a Hebrew letter. And so let's read verses 49 and 50. And this has to do with the Hebrew letter of Zane, or what, or, or, you know, what would be Z to us. But this is the seventh letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And, and so, uh, this letter, it means, uh, sword of the spirit. Sword of the spirit. So this is how we can change some things in our life by the Holy Spirit using the sword. The sword is the word of God. All right. Verse 49, Psalms 119, 49. Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. In other words, uh, David here, he, he's, he's talking to God and he said, God, I remember your word in this situation, but it hasn't come to pass. He said, so I, I'm standing on your word. So I'm bringing your word back up to you. And I want you to remember what you said to me. I want you to remember Well, God had never forgot. But he wants us to what? To plead our cause. He wants us to stand on the word of God. He wants us to uh, to show him that we know what he has said. And look what uh, David said here. He said, remember thy word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. If you're hearing a word tonight that doesn't bring you hope, it's not of God. But if it's of God, it's going to be of sword and spirit, and it's going to uh, it's going to cut through some lies. It's going to cut through some de- deception. It's going to cut through some heartache, and it's going to be a blessing to you. Amen. Verse fifty. This is my comfort in my affliction. This word affliction is depression and misery. How many's been in, been depressed? Come on. How many's been in misery? Oh, there's nothing. There's nothing worse than when that spirit is bringing that darkness, that depression, and your your soul is just in misery. I mean, you have no, it seems like you have no hope. You have no confidence. You have, you, you think, how long is this going to last? Well, remember, Jesus come to what? He come to, to preach the gospel, the good news to us that, that we might have hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, in my depression, my misery, my trouble. For thy word hath quickened me. You and I, we've got to have the gospel. We've got to have the good news. Here, he said that the word of God, it would quicken. Now, this word quicken, it means to cause to live. It, it means, uh, it's, in other words, you can have some dead things in your life, uh, some dead promises, some dead hope. It'll bring it alive. But it also means to quicken or revive what you may have laid down, what you may have forgotten. I don't know about you, but when when that blanket of depression comes, I forget what God said. 
All I can remember is what the devil's telling me, what my soul, my mind, willing emotions is feeling, that crushed place, that broken place in my, in my heart. The devil is just, he's just coming with everything he's got. He's got an army. And, and and he's bringing an army in, and there's there's all those arrows of the devil. I know we're supposed to have the shield of faith that quenches every one of those fiery darts, but sometimes my faith gets weak when I'm in that situation, and it seems like those fiery darts, one comes after another, and it keeps hitting in the same spot. And the devil knows if he hits us in the same spot, eventually he's going to find a weak area, and he knows my weak area, and when he finds it, that's when he has something to work in my life that will hurt me. And I need Christ, come on, to heal that weak area, that crushed spot, that that that, that part where my faith is not where it should be, that part where I, I, I'm just so dependent upon what has happened in the past, I need deliverance in it. Amen? He's got it for me. This is my comfort. So will you let the Word of God bring comfort to you tonight? It has to be Jesus. Jesus is the Word. He's the living Word. In other words, you and I have got to make a choice and say, I'm willing to receive from the Lord. I want what He has for me because I know it will change my life. Amen? Go back to Proverbs. This time... uh, Chapter 15, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. A merry heart maketh a cheery, cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. In other words, once again, is driven out of course. So the devil does things to try to drive you and out of course. And so we've got to learn how to refocus. All right, so tonight, uh, you know, my heart's broken over certain relationships in my family. And uh, when it looks like that, that one part of the area of the family is getting stronger, then here comes the revelation that the other part of the family, that they have no use for you. <laughs> they can't stand you. They, uh, they, they've got all these oughts against you. And so, you know, th- that, that hurts us. That, 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 that's, uh, that's something every one of us we deal with. And, 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 and you know, we, we've got to give that to the Lord. So I've got to come back and I've got to say, now, wait a minute. This is just but for a moment. And this doesn't define me, how they feel about me. This doesn't define how I feel about them. Amen. Because I love them. And whether they want to love me or not, they're not going to hold me in the past. Come on. They're not going to hold you in the past because we've all been in situations and circumstances like this. And so he said, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. So how can you and I, how can we uh, refocus by the word of God? Remember, he said the word of God would bring you hope. And it would bring uh, things that were dead back to alive. So I need to I need to be in that place where that countenance comes out of my spirit. Sister Victoria, put Matthew nine one and two on the screen. Matthew nine one and two. This is where Jesus is ministering to a man, and he entered into a ship and he passed over and he came into his own city. Verse two. And look, and behold, they brought to him, they brought to Jesus a man sick of the palsy. Here he's paralyzed, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven. Now remember what we're reading, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm just being honest with you, okay? If I'm the man laying on the bed, and uh, they go to all this trouble to get me to Jesus because I've heard about all these miracles and stuff that he's done and everything. And he looks at me and says, hey, be of good cheer. 
The first thing in my mind is, are you nuts? I've got problems here. You're telling me to be of good cheer, to put on a merry countenance. That's what the same word, except the difference between the Greek and the Hebrew, but it has the same meaning. See, Jesus requires you and I to have an act of faith. Right. Everything about our life. You, you, you get born again because you act on faith. You, you respond to the Word of God. And when you respond to the Word of God, God responds to us. Amen? So can you imagine, here this man is, they've carried him in, there's all these throngs of people, and he's laying there. Now when they laid him down there, there's no, there's no telling what kind of shape he's in. I mean, he wasn't, he didn't have the benefits that you and I have today. Uh, I mean, they probably carried him in there in some type of, uh, of sheet, you know, and, and laid him down there and all of those things, and he hears these words, son, be of good cheer. But if what we got to do is we got to realize that when Jesus gives us a word that challenges us, we can't stop listening. And this is important. Spirit of God just inspired this. This is important. He said, son, be of good cheer. Why? Your sins are forgiven. See, we, we may have all sorts of problems in our life, but when it boils down to that Jesus is the, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, if we are in that place, this life is just for a moment. We're going to live forever. We, we've got eternity with, with, with a God that loves us so much that He gave Jesus for us. Amen? And and He's got things planned out for us. The Bible says, I've not seen, ear hath not heard, right? First Corinthians 2. It's been revealed if you want to search it out by the Spirit, but what He has in store for those who love Him. So He says, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. So how can I have a cheerful countenance when everything looks like it's, it's falling apart? I'm born again. You're born again. So I may have uh, uh, people who don't understand me. I may have family who uh, even hate me and talk bad about me and they try to put uh, word curses on me. Guess what? The word curse will go back on them. Yeah. Come on. In the name of Jesus, you and I, we're blessed and we can't be cursed, Brother Justin. We're blessed and we can't be cursed in Jesus' name. We don't receive anything that anybody says. We reject it. We renounce it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because you are a child of God. I am a child of God. And so don't let what people say, don't let what they do limit who you are or what you can do because Christ wants to cure you. He wants to heal me. He wants to heal you. He wants to give us a word that will make us completely free. Come on. Amen. Free from all of these things. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow, now notice this, but sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So the devil, he's going to do everything he can to drive you and I away, you and I away from the promises of God. But we've got to be in the place where we say, now wait a minute, I'm not going to let him make me sorrowful. I'm not going to let him do that. I'm not going to let him dominate me. He has in the past, but I'm going to repent of that, and I'm going to let God work something good. I believe God's a good God, don't you? Put 2 Corinthians 7.10, Sister Victoria. 2 Corinthians 7.10, the Apostle Paul makes this statement about there are two different kinds of sorrow. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Aren't you glad? See, he convicted us of our sins and, and we become sorry for our sins and we repented of them and we got saved. We got born again. But not to be repented of, but the, the sorrow of the world worketh death. 
So you've got to realize that, that somebody who is in and of this world, who's serving the, the God of this world, Second Corinthians 4, 4, that blinds, that they're trying to work death in your life. If it has no hope, if it has no encouragement, it has no faith in it, you and I, we renounce it. We reject it. Because if God's dealing with us, it's going to lead us to salvation. Salvation's Jesus. But so if it's not leading you to Jesus, it's not of God. Amen. And so we throw it away in the name of Jesus. And we say, that's not going to impact me. That's not going to control me. I'm going to trust in my Lord and Savior. This is how you and I get on the road of, of, of being cured. Amen. All right. Go with me to Psalms 143. I just got a f- few thoughts here I want to lay in your heart. Let's start reading in, in uh, verse number one. Psalms 143, verse number one. Here's David. And this is where David is. Uh, he's become wise to what he needs. And, and that's what we have to do tonight. We have to, uh, we have to become wise to what we need. Verse one. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplication. In thy faithfulness, answer me, and in thy righteousness. Verse 2. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man, no woman, no boy, no girl, living, be justified under the old covenant. Uh, Verse 3. Notice this. For the enemy. Not a enemy. The enemy. So who are we talking about here? This, This word means the hating adversary. This is the devil. Okay, this is uh, uh, your arch enemy for the enemy hath persecuted my soul. And this word persecute, it means to run after you with hostile intent. In other words, the devil sits around and he talks to he's he's he he leads his army just like a general. Brother Duckett could help us with this, uh, the the way that uh, you receive orders and how every person is in their place and in their position to accomplish what the task at hand. So he 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 has things orchestrated. In other words, he watches your life, he watches my life, he knows your weak areas, he knows my weak areas, and he orchestrates a battle plan. And he and here David says that the, for the enemy hath persecuted, he has run after my soul. The devil wants your mind. The battle is in your mind. The battle is in my mind. The, the Bible says, for as a person thinks in their heart, right? Proverbs 23, 7, so are they. So he's coming after your mind and, and he's going to do anything and everything. So if I've got a hurt area in, in my soul, my mind, will and emotions, if I've got a hurt area, I've got a place that's been crushed, a place where the wall of protection is being broken down. Guess what? That's where he's coming. And he's not coming with just one. He's coming with a, he'll, he'll start with a, with a squadron of 12 and then he'll work it on up till he brings the battalion and whatever. He'll bring the whole army against you. Amen. And so you've got to be ready. I, I, I've got to be ready. He, he says, for the enemy has persecuted my soul. Now notice what he does. He comes against your mind first, your mind, will, and your emotions, and he has smitten my life to the ground. Now this means to beat and to break to pieces. So he comes after your 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 mind, will, and emotions, your soul. Then he comes after your body. This is how he done Job. Remember, and, and so he he wants to wear you down. He wants to wear me down. 
There's some situations in your body tonight that could be healed if we could first take care of what the problem is in your soul. Now, the Holy Ghost will have to reveal that to you, but it's the truth. Come on, you've you got the Holy Spirit. You, you, you know what bears witness with you and what doesn't. Hold on to what bears witness with you and, and put it into practice. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life to the ground. Now, what does this mean? The devil wants to take you and I back to crawl on our belly just like him. Remember the serpent in the garden? God said, I... Uh, for all the days of your life, you're going to crawl on your belly, right? Come on. That, that was an office of the devil. The serpent is an office. Just like God has different names, the devil has different names, but it represents a different office. And so, uh, he said that you're going to crawl in that. Well, the devil wants to bring us down to that lower level. That simply means he wants you to operate out of the flesh, because the flesh was made out of the, Adam was created out of the, Red clay, the dirt of the earth. And so the devil, he wants to do all these things to get you and I to go back down and, and to trust in the flesh. And, and so the only way we can get the victory is we say, no, devil, I'm not going to do that. I see that you're trying to pull me down that way. But no, Jesus come that I could be a spirit being, that, that I could be born again and have a brand new spirit. I'm going to learn how to think and walk in the spirit. I'm going to learn how to talk in the spirit. I'm going to learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit in my spirit where this won't have to control and dominate me. For the enemy has persecuted my soul. He has smitten my life down to the ground. He has made me to dwell. Notice this. See, Jesus come to progressively deliver us the devil's coming to progressively bind us to dwell he wanted to make me to dwell in darkness see all of a sudden when he comes on our mind and he comes on our body then this word dwell it means to sit down in the dirt and it means to judge from where you're sitting The Bible says that you and I, Ephesians 2, 6, we're seated in. That's where we're supposed to be judging from. Don't let the devil cause you to sit down in your hurt, your heartache, your disappointment, the lies that you're dealing with right now, that storm, and say, this is the way it is and it's going to always be that way. No, renounce that in Jesus' name and say, I'm not sitting there, devil. I'm sitting in the heavenly realm with my Father because Jesus made a seat for me. Amen? See how this is progressive? Positive or negative, you and I got to make a choice. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul, and he has spitten my life down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness as those that have been what? Long dead. But you and I, we're alive. We're alive unto God. We, we've been born again. Amen? And so I don't want to think like the dead person. I don't want to think like my old man. See, my old man, my old carnal nature, it's dead. But Jesus, he made a way that I could put on it and have a new nature. I can walk in the new man. But, but I've got to do it. I've got to make a choice to do that. Amen. But the devil wants to resurrect this old way of thinking. Now, notice what happens. Verse four. Therefore, is my spirit. Notice how this is happening. Soul, body. And now it's getting into his spirit. Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed. Now this, this, this word's overwhelmed. This is what I was talking about earlier. This is a Hebrew word that means to put a blanket over you. It means to cut your spirit off from God. Not because God's cut off from you, but because I've yielded to all of these other things. I've progressively pulled away from God, His promise, His word. Now this blanket is over my life. 
I can't hear. I can't, I can't feel anything. Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. Notice what happens. And my heart within me is desolate. And this word desolate, it means to stun and to grow numb. See, all of a sudden now, I've got where I can hear what God's saying. All I can hear is what the devil's telling me. All I can hear is what I'm feeling out of my hurt, out of my heartache, out of my disappointment. That, that, that's, it's, that's becoming an idol in my life. It's become the driving force in my life. It, it, it's become everything to me. And, and all of a sudden I've lost hope. I've lost the ability to see uh, what's true and what's a lie. See, I, I, I wish so bad that I knew some things that I knew now when all of this happened to my dad. But I, I didn't have the knowledge. I, I didn't know. But I watched him. I watched him slowly. These verses right here, I, 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 these are so real to me because I watched them happen in his life. I, I watched him as he slowly died little by little. And I watched that spirit, that blanket come over him. It finally got to the point I could sit down beside of him and try to talk to him. And he wouldn't even hear anything I said. Had no interest in what I had to say. Had no interest in anything. All he wanted to do was sit there and watch that TV. That governed everything about his life. Because he didn't have any hope, any confidence in anything. He didn't care about anything. He didn't care about himself. He didn't care about any because the devil took all his ability in his heart to hear and to feel. And you say, well, that will never happen to me. That's what David's warning us here. Notice what he said there. He said, my heart within me is desolate. It's stunned. It's numb. I don't want to offend anybody, but the Spirit of God was very clear. He said, my people don't realize what areas of their heart that they've allowed the devil to strike them. And when they struck them, they have become numb in that area. And they become so numb in that area that they don't even realize it anymore. They don't know that there's something else to feel. It don't have to be that way. It shouldn't be that way. You and I can get deliverance and victory over that tonight. By just yielding to the Word of God. Amen? Okay. Here's how it happens. Verse 5. I just got two more verses. I'm going to let you go. I remember the days of old. You and I, we got to, right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask by the Spirit of God that you would empower us to think back to be able to go back before our heart was crushed, before our uh, uh, our spirit was bruised, before uh, the, this, this place of uh, stunning and numbing come into our life and help us to be able to remember and to understand the joy and the merry uh, heart that you had for us. Let it be. He said, I remember the days of old. I meditate. Now mark these things down in your Bible where you'll have it. You've got to apply this to get it to work in your life. You've got to first, you've got to remember. Now that word remember, it means to mark it where you won't forget it. So mark it down on the table of your heart that God is a good God. He has good things for you. I meditate. This word meditate, it means to murmur and to create an imagination. An image. See, if we think negative, we're going to create a negative image. But you and I, we need to do like what he told Joshua. We need to think and talk the word of God. Okay, I remember. 
I meditate, and I notice what he said. I muse on the work of thy hands. This word muse, it means to talk to oneself, to, to converse with God and with oneself and to speak it out loud. Tell God, God, I remember when you saved me. I remember when the load of sin come off my life. I remember when you put a song on my heart. I remember when you gave me this promise. And then here come the devil to destroy, to steal, kill, and to steal all these things. But start talking about what God has done. Amen. And when you do that, you're in the place where you're telling the Lord, I'm willing to receive. Amen. Let's close with this thought. Look at Genesis 37. Here's an example. Um... Jacob wasn't willing to receive. God had uh, an answer for him, even though uh, he was hurt in a lie and they were trying to comfort him in a lie. Uh, God uh, was wanting to be a comfort to him till it come the time for him to get to the truth. In Genesis 37, you have the situation where Joseph is uh, sold into slavery. He's uh, And uh, they convince Jacob that Joseph is dead. And let's pick it up in verse 31, Genesis 37, 31. And they took Joseph's coat and they killed a kid of the goats and they dipped the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors that they brought and they brought it to their father and said, this have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. Now look how hard and how hateful they are. This is their brother. They don't even call him their brother. said, is, is this your son's coat? Because they hated him because he had an anointing on his life. He had a call on his life and they despised that. Verse 33, and he knew it and he said, it is my son's coat. An evil beast has devoured him and Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. Verse 34, Joseph rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins, and he mourned for his son many days. Now look what happens. Verse 35. And all of his sons, mark it down, and all of his sons and all of his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted and said, For I will go down into the grave until uh, unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now this, see, Jacob hadn't done anything wrong other than he was playing favorites and he caused this jealousy. He caused this trouble. He, uh, he, but, um, this jealousy caused Joseph his life. And so now Joseph, the love that he had for him, uh, Jacob, the love that he had for Joseph, he's, he's hurt and he, he is wounded in his spirit. His heart is broken, but, he has a choice now whether he's going to receive comfort or not. And see, that's the way it is with you and I. We've got a choice. Am I going to receive comfort or not? Am I going to, if I, am I going to make a bad statement? Am I going to come in agreement with what I'm feeling and seeing and say, well, I'm going to my grave in this situation. I heard Brother Hagen tell a story one time. He, he, he told about how all, uh, all day, that the Holy Spirit had him praying in praying in tongues, and uh, the, he he wondered what God was going to do, and God sent him to this him and uh, his wife and uh, some other ladies uh, to this house, and, and this woman she was in, in a wheelchair, and she had arthritis so bad that she had a choice of either laying flat on the bed 
and and because she's going to be stiff. So either laying flat on the bed and being straight or sitting in the wheelchair. And she said she wanted to sit in the wheelchair. And she'd been in the wheelchair for years. So she couldn't even straighten up the, the type of arthritis she had. And so the Spirit of God sent him uh, and those other ladies with him, his wife and those other ladies with him. And they prayed for her. And when they were praying for her, the Holy Ghost come on her and come on with such power that she come up about three foot out of that chair. And he said the anointing was unbelievable. He'd never felt anything, experienced anything like it. And, and said, she said, she started shaking and she said, oh no. And she reached and she grabbed that chair and she pulled herself back in the chair. Because she wasn't willing to step out of where she was at. She was comfortable in her heartache. She was comfortable in her situation. Tonight, you and I, we can't be like a Jacob. We can't. We, we, we've got to say, Lord, I want what you promised me. So Jesus said, I'm going to preach good news to you. I'm going to preach the gospel to you. And if you will hear it, all of a sudden you're going to come to the place of deliverance. I want to be delivered, don't you? I want tomorrow to be better than today. And I have enough expectancy in the goodness of God that it will be. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this group of people. I ask you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, for your goodness and your grace, just to be accessed by faith, to be able to be received, and then to be able to put into practice. Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, we ask that you would just show us every area in our life where the enemy has broken our heart, where he has crushed us in some form or some fashion where he has an open door in our life. And let us tonight be able to receive Christ's cure. Let us grab a hold of what he would have for us and let us forever be changed. Give us boldness to yield to your spirit and to respond to you. Oh, we ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Would you come tonight and say, Lord, I, I, I know that this message is for me. And, and I, I, I want to come up out of the dust of the earth. I want to, I want to come up into a place where I can progressively yield to the Spirit of God where I will not be the same. I won't have to deal with this anymore. Would you come tonight and let the Spirit of God help you? Let Him speak a word into your spirit that will take you to that new place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We gotta be honest with God. We gotta be willing. We gotta be willing to receive.